You're listening to Saturday Morning Rewind with Tim Nidell. Let's go back in time when turtles roam the sewers of New York. A masked duck protected the streets of St. Canard. And knowing was half the battle. It's time for Saturday Morning Rewind. All right, welcome to another episode of Saturday Morning Rewind. Today I'm being joined by Lauren Lester, um, the man behind the voice of Robin, Dick Grayson, Nightwing uh, from the Batman animated series. Lauren, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm awesome. Thanks so much for doing this. I'm a big fan of your voice. and Well, thank you. <laughs> and it's ironic how much you sound like Robin right now. <laughs> Well, I sound I sound like Robin right now, but I really sound like Robin later. I'm going to do the voice for you later. Perfect. So. I would love to hear it. <laughs> and I'll do night I'll do Nightwing for you too. Awesome. Yeah, definitely awesome. All right. So before we jump into Robin, um, how did you get started in the in the world of voice acting? Well, um, I had an agent when I was uh, 16 years old who covered everything. He covered uh, on camera commercials. Covered movies, TV shows, uh, even print work, and of course he had a voiceover department. And so when I signed with him, he started sending me out in all those areas. And uh, the very first job that I got happened to be a voiceover job. And uh, I said, oh, well, this, this is fun, this could be a good career. <laughs> and so uh, that was a, um, a uh, after-school special, a TV movie, animated TV movie for Hanna-Barbera. Oh, nice. And so that from there, uh, the rest is history. That's where it started. Was that the Five Weeks in a Balloon? That's right, yeah. Okay. Never seen that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun one. Uh, I actually found found a copy of it on uh, on Amazon. Oh, wow. So, yeah. On VHS? What's that? On VHS? Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and I hadn't seen it in many, many years. All right, so how did you... Um, you know, jumpstart your career from there? Well, um, fortunately for me, I was able to uh, continue auditioning, particularly in voiceover. Um, actually, uh, I, I said uh, jokingly, well, this could be a good career. It turned out to be almost exclusively my career for, for about 10 years. I, I did everything in the beginning. I did movies, TV shows. I did a, I was on a show called The Facts of Life, you know, on-camera show, mm-hmm. Facts of Life. Yep. And uh, a couple of really... Uh, classic cult movies like Rock and Roll High School, and then uh, suddenly the voice over part of my career totally took over, and for about 10 years exclusively, that's pretty much what I did, was uh, exclusively voiceovers, and did a lot of uh, cartoon guest appearances and cartoon series, regular on a couple of series, and recurring roles on a number of series, and that led, uh, you know, at the end of that 10-year period, that led all the way up to, uh, to Batman. Uh, was G.I. Joe one of your first series that you've done? It was. I had a recurring role on that. I played Barbecue. Uh-huh. A, a guy from uh, from uh, Maine, and he had a <laughs> sort of uh, very laid-back way of speaking. And he, uh, he, I think he was in charge of, uh, of uh, fire uh, fire throwing, yeah, know, fire throwing thing. So yeah, it's a great show. I still love it today. Yeah, it's a great. Oh, such great voices on that show. What a cast we had! I know, no kidding. I've interviewed a handful of the Jaguar cast, and uh, great guys. That's all Have I can say. Have you interviewed Michael Bell? I did. He was actually the first episode of the, the podcast. Yeah, he's 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 one of my favorites. He's yeah, great. definitely awesome guy. 
so uh, G.I. Joe, the director of G.I. Joe. Um, I hear some uh, great stories about him. <laughs> Wally Burr, great stories about Wally Burr. And interestingly enough, I always got along great with Wally Burr. I never had any problems with Wally Burr. And, and he, he uh, is responsible for my getting the audition for Defenders of the Earth, which was the first show I was a, a regular on. Nice. I did 65 episodes of that. And uh, I played Flash Gordon's son on that show. That was a great cast, too. And uh, because of G.I. Joe, that led to Defenders of the Earth. So he pretty much, he's the one that pretty much jumps out of your career, then. Your voice yeah. acting career. Yeah, I, I well, I, I give credit to, to, to my agent for you know uh, yeah. getting getting me in the door, but uh, you know Wally was was terrific in in remembering me when that when that opportunity came along to audition for that part. So, what's your favorite Wally story? I've heard so many over the years since I've done interviews with a lot of the cast members. <laughs> well, um, when whenever I would get a call. And uh, well, whenever I get a call now or, or at any time for, for a voiceover session, it's usually around around two hours. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them go they, they can they uh, contractually they can keep you for four hours, but it usually goes about about two hours, maybe a little bit longer than that. And so you kind of plan your day, and you go, okay, um, I got, I've got two hours here that I have to do this uh, this recording session. I can't go out on any auditions during that period, and you tell your agents that you're booking out booking out in the business where you, you, you're not available. Whenever I would get a call from my agent with a Wally Burr session, I would say, okay, and i get on the phone with my on-camera agent and say, I'm going to have to book out for the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you, you knew going in that that, that was going to be a long, <laughs> long session. Wasn't he like a drill major or something like that before? I'm not sure. You mean you mean his real background? Yeah, before becoming a director, I want to say he was somewhere highly a drill, involved. A drill sergeant, was, really? Yeah, something like that. I forget who told me that. But now, somebody... now you said a drill major, so it's either a drum major or a drill sergeant. One of the, one <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's somewhat involved in the military. I don't exactly remember, but he was well, pretty high up. And ah, it's interesting. I never knew that about him. Yeah, I never knew that about I him. I wish I can google it right now i probably could how do you spell his last name b-u-r-r yeah you know wikipedia has nothing on it i i I would be very interested to know that story that's very interesting i'll find it i know michael bell would know i'll ask him yeah michael bell i want to say oh who was it that i talked to who did flint on gi joe uh, Bill Ratner. I want to say it was in my Bill Ratner interview. Oh, maybe. But I'll look over some other time and I'll email well, you. See, <laughs> you know, uh, I was very young when I started doing that show, so uh, you know, whatever Wally did, uh, it didn't, you know, it didn't bother me. Uh, okay. Because I thought that's, you know, I figured that's that's the way most sessions go. So <laughs> the the older guys, you know, who who'd been around a while and were used to working in a different way. I think it bothered them, but it, 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 it never bothered me, and I just, I, I always had a great time. I always had a great time. You know, what a better way, even if it's for the entire day, what a better way to spend your day at the age of 20 than, <laughs> you know, in a recording studio with, with some of the greatest voices of all time, some of the greatest, you know, animation voices of all time, and just spending the day and, and working was great. Yeah, you had to have been one of the younger cast members, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. I'm pretty sure I was... Um, yeah, I was probably about 20 you know, when I started that show. Yeah, so what was it like coming in, you know, working with those veterans? Uh, was it intimidating at all? 
Um, well, uh, I wasn't intimidated, but I, I knew that I really had to be on my game, and I also knew, you know, even though I'm, I'm, I'm very good at, uh, at comedy and improv and, and coming up with funny stuff, I knew that that was not the room to do that. Because, okay. you know, <laughs> they, that, you know, these, these, these veteran guys, you know, that would not have gone over well. So I kept, I kept that to myself, you know, now, now when I, now I'm the veteran. So when I go places, I can do that. <laughs> but uh, I knew that was not the, my place to be doing that. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. So after G.I. Joe, I believe that your next voice actor role was the New Kids on the Block. Is that correct? Well, no, there was Defenders of the Earth. Oh, Defenders of the Earth. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and then, and then New Kids on the Block, and that 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 was really uh, f- a funny thing that happened because you know they were a huge. You remember the the, the Beatles, you know, had uh-huh. their own had their own series, and that Star Trek had their own uh, animated series, and they all did their own voices. But uh, for New Kids on the Block, um, you know, they were these talented singer dancers, but they they really were not actors. <laughs> so so they would use their singing in the show, but, but we came in and we did, you know, close approximations of what their real voices were, uh-huh. but we did it as, as actors. Cause you know, the, the reference tapes that we listened to for the audition, you know, just, I mean, so talking, you know, like, like this, you know, and you're just being guys, just being, you know, young guys. So we had to, you know, come in and do an entire script with all these emotional things happening and kind of make up how they would sound when they were, you know, upset, falling off a building, you know, chasing after each other. <laughs> so we, we kind of had to make it, make it up as we went along. And that, again, there was another great cast. You know, the, mm-hmm. I've always had the, the uh, I've always had the great pleasure of working with such great, great ensembles and all these. Yeah, shows. you really have. You've been blessed. I, I, every single one I'm looking at, at least, you had a great cast. Yeah, well, that that one too. It's, and, and a lot of those guys went on to big things. Now, did you get to meet with the new kids on the block? Um, no, we okay. never did. We never did. <laughs> it was it was short lived. It was one season. It was, yeah. One season uh, on network, and uh, unfortunately, I, it was a, it was a good show too, but uh, it just didn't go. Yeah, you would think you know '90s, you know the teeny bopper. You would think it would be a, mm-hmm. a big hit, but mm-hmm. I guess they don't always know. All right, let's go back to Defenders of the Earth. I didn't mean to skip past that one. That's right. Uh, honestly, I've never seen it. I don't think well, I have, at least. It's it's out on uh, DVD. Mm-hmm. You can see them. And um, it's, uh, we did a lot of them. We did 65 episodes. And we had a, a, a great ensemble uh, of actors. And uh, ba- the, the basic premise was that um, Flash Gordon, his son Rick, which is the part I played, Mandrake the Magician... Uh, the Phantom and uh, and Lothar, uh, they all worked as a team. I guess the way that the you know the Avengers work as a mm-hmm. team uh, to fight Ming the Merciless. And uh, Ming the Merciless, uh, of course, was uh, lived on Mars, and he was uh, trying to destroy the Earth. And that was uh, played by a, just a brilliant, brilliant actor named Ron Feinberg, who I had the pleasure of, of becoming very good friends with. And I also had the pleasure of becoming friends with uh, the actor who played the Phantom, Peter Mark Richmond, who uh, would become my father-in-law because at the end of that uh, run of that show, he introduced me to his daughter, and uh, the rest is history. We're still married uh, almost 25 years now. So <laughs> That's amazing. That show worked out very well for me in a lot of yeah. levels. <laughs> 
Wow. And, and, you know, I don't mean to take it in different directions, but, you know, they, a lot of people say that you'll never get laid to be, you know, being a voice actor, but there you go. There's a... <laughs> what? <laughs> I never heard that I've heard, one. You know, I've heard people say, yeah, you can't, you can't act in front of a camera. You're not good. You're, you're, you're ugly. I guess you're considered ugly if you're a voice actor, you know? And Well, let's, let's put it this way. Um, uh, well, there's an old expression. Uh, uh, you have a, you have a face that only radio could love. There, that's it. So, so I mean, I guess, <laughs> I guess if you're, if you're truly unattractive, you, you can't get laid no matter what you do, I would think. <laughs> So I don't think it's specifically because you know I I would say uh, you know uh, anybody who goes to Comic Con would probably get laid I would think so yeah there's somebody out there for everybody <laughs> <laughs> okay so I was skimming through my my interview with Bill Ratner and I searched for Wally Burr and here he said that he was a tank commander oh my God wow so, yeah. I had no idea yeah you learn new things every day I guess it's very interesting so yeah. I didn't mean to go off subject, but it was going well, to bug no, me the he, rest of the interview. I guess, I mean, he ran the sessions kind of like Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I hear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so Defenders of the Universe turned out extremely well for you. Defenders of the Earth. Earth, yeah, sorry, duh. Yeah. Let me do that again. They, they wound up defending the whole universe, but they were called Defenders of the Earth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so from there, what was next? So after New Kids on the Block, I did a number of... Um, guest appearances on shows like uh, All Real Monsters. Uh, yeah, it's a good show. And uh, SWAT Cats and the Johnny Quest and the whole whole bunch in there. Uh, this is this is the in the early 90s and and lo and behold the audition came around for uh, Batman the animated series the role of Robin. Mm-hmm. And I was really excited about that because I had grown up with the on-camera Batman show. I was obsessed with the Batman show. (laughs) I wanted to be Batman, of course, not Robin. But (laughs) the audition for me was for Robin. And uh, I think I went through three auditions, uh, an audition and two callbacks. And then uh, one day I came home, and on my answering machine uh, was my agent saying, uh, I'd like to speak to the new voice of Robin. And uh, I I went through the ceiling. I was was so excited. I was so excited. Did you audition with anybody else, or was it just you? No, no, just by myself. Okay. Yeah, that would have and, been amazing. And, and the script was, uh, was really had nothing to do, as I recall, the, the uh, audition script had nothing to do with what the character in the show would become. They were just trying to get a voice quality. Uh-huh. So it wasn't even like you had to nail like, the specifics about Batman. And, this, and in the relationship with Rob, and they just were looking for a certain voice quality, and I guess I guess they finally decided on mine. Hmm. Now, who would you say is more fun to, to voice, Robin, Dick Grayson, or Nightwing? Nightwing is my favorite uh, of all the things I've ever done in nice. voiceover. My favorite favorite thing I've ever done, and for a couple of reasons. Uh, the main reason is uh, when they started writing for for Nightwing, they they let him become his own person. Uh, when I was playing uh, Robin, he was always looking to Batman for, uh, you know, he'd always be saying things like, what are we going to do, Batman? Or what does this mean, Batman? You know, as opposed to coming up with uh, the solution. There, there's an episode called, um, if you're so smart, why aren't you rich? Where yeah, Robin actually one. solves the, the puzzle. They're in a maze and he solves the puzzle. And I really like that episode because... Robin really got to use his brain and and, uh, and and become sort of a partner with Batman, but that wasn't too often in the Batman series until he became Nightwing. And once he became Nightwing, he also, of 
course, had a, had a lower kind of sound, much more like the Batman he was becoming. And and I, I liked playing that cooler character with a cooler head who solved the crimes. He was no longer Dr. Watson. He was, uh, you know, also Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, when you guys recorded Batman, were you guys all together, or was it separate recordings? No, we were we were all together. I think that's one of the reasons that show is so great, mm-hmm. is because we worked as an ensemble. We were pretty much all there at every single session, even even the the celebrities, because we we had a celebrity or two in in every single mm-hmm. episode that we did, and and they they would be there, and a lot of them had never done voiceovers before, and they would kind of look at the rest of us, and they you know, would be kind of shaking their head in awe. You know, we're in awe of them uh-huh. because they're, they're wonderful, great actors who are famous, and they're looking at us in awe because we can do something that they, they don't know how to do, and they would, they would, they would really kind of uh, look to us and to the director to kind of help them get through the whole process, and they were all great. They were all great, but the whole process of it they weren't used to, and they were really, they were really impressed with the fact that we could do it and, and we could do it so with, with such ease. So, uh, Kevin Conroy is, without a doubt, my favorite, at least voiced Batman. What is, he, what is he, he like? Should be. Yeah, as exactly. he should be. Yeah, he should be. He's probably one of the nicest, most easygoing people I've ever known. He, he, is, he is cool under all circumstances. I never once saw him lose his cool or become impatient or, or have a star attitude or give anybody attitude. Just a, just a really nice guy really nice guy and he and as you probably have talked to other people he has that reputation Uh so i'm not the only person who i mean my 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 working relationship with him was not unique that's the the relationship working relationship he's had with just about everybody out there and and he's pretty much just the tip of the iceberg i mean like you said this cast is amazing you've had star you know guest stars and everything bob hastings amazing mark hamill who who would have thought you know, Luke Skywalker can can do that voice as a Joker. It's amazing. really amazing, yeah. really, really amazing. Oh. It's it, it, it's it's a it's a great Joker voice, and and you mentioned Bob Hastings. He was perfect as Commissioner. Oh Gordon. yes, perfect. Yes. And of course, I had grown up with him on McHale's Navy. Uh-huh. So you know, seeing him like, <laughs> oh my God, from McHale's Navy. <laughs> <laughs> and and of course, you know, Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. as uh, as Alfred. You know, I grew up with Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. in, in the FBI. So, you know, here, here <laughs> al- along with Bob Hastings, were these two guys from... Uh, and, and, you know, going back to uh, to Defenders of the Earth, you know, when I when I walked in there and I saw Peter Mark Richmond, who had, who had literally done 500... I mean, he's got 500 IMDb uh, wow. credits for, for episo- episodics. He, he worked all the time. It's like, oh my God, it's Peter Mark Richmond. You know, <laughs> so working with these guys is exciting. Yeah, I'm sure. What was it like seeing Mark Hamill transform into the Joker? <laughs> well, it's it's not like he was a method actor or something like yeah. that. I mean, it's not like he could get you know, give me a moment. You know, he doesn't he, he didn't say anything like that. <laughs> he, you know, the you know, we would roll. They would slate the uh, the number of the take, and he'd go right into it. So. Mm-hmm. He, you know, and then there would be like a, a line fluff, or, or maybe the the director, wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, Andrea Romano, who was the voice director of that of that uh, series, would say, "Oh, let's do it again, and we need more of this, or we need more of that." And he'd immediately, you know, fall out of the character, say, "Okay, fine, sure," and then they would <laughs> slate it again, and then lead me back into the Batman, you know. So it just it was it was ease, 
total ease for him. And uh, I have told this story before, but uh, whenever I would come to a see of, you know, I knew when it was a Wally Burr session, it was going to be a long session. Uh, when it was when Mark Hamill was in the show, I knew it would be a longer session, not long, but a longer <laughs> one, because I knew that he was going to tell a lot of stories, because he would tell a lot of stories in 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 the uh, sessions, because he what a life he had, you know, working in Star Wars and, and being on Broadway. I mean, what a fantastic life he had. Oh, sure. So he had just fantastic stories, and I loved hearing them. But I would come in because he would stand up. We would all sit down. He would record standing up. So when I walked into the room, the uh, the uh, studio, and I would see the microphone stand standing up, I go, "Oh, okay, it's Mark. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a little bit longer today." But I <laughs> know <laughs> uh, he, he was truly dedicated to the Joker. You know, he knew a lot about the Joker. He knew what he wanted out of the Joker and everything. Well, he and he's also like a big kid. You know, he collects uh-huh. toys and comic books, and he's like totally into that stuff. And he had uh, recording sessions with Adrian Barbeau, too. Oh, oh yes. That would have been awesome. Catwoman. Oh, yeah. yeah. She was great. She was wonderful. And, you know, very pretty, too, of course. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure that didn't hurt, the, the atmosphere. Oh, it helped a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't, wasn't there an episode where you, you didn't fully voice the Joker, but you at least did the laugh? Yes, that's right. I, was, I just remembered that. That's right. They asked me if I could do that. I remember that now. Now, why do I don't remember the whole? I don't remember the episode. Why did they ask you to do it? Oh, I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it reminded me when you were doing the voice of you know, laugh of the Joker. It's like, yeah, that you know, you sound really, really good. No, thank you. So <laughs> then it, I'll, tell Mark you, I'll tell Mark you said so. <laughs> <laughs> you can be his replacement on the next video yeah, game sure. or something. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'm gonna replace Mark Hamill. Uh huh. <laughs> Now, do you have a favorite Batman villain? Wow, there's there 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 were a lot of them. Uh, I, I worked with some extraordinary people because uh, the that's where they would bring in these really great people, these great celebrities to, to do usually the villain. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the most most interesting one, I had, the really interesting one, because I liked the episode a lot, was the Clock King, mm-hmm. which was uh, voiced by um, Alan Rachin. Is that right? I believe so. That's what yeah. I would think too. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, those those episodes were really good. And he was he, he had a really interesting character. But you know there were so many of them. Like um, oh Paul Williams was so great as the Penguin. He was really, oh yes he was. What a great what a great Penguin voice. And uh, I got to work with the great Roddy McDowell. You mm. know who was yeah. the Mad Hatter. And uh, let's see, um, David Warner as Rachel Ghoul. You know, these these were all people that I had grown up with and seen in, in, in movies and TV, you know, my entire life. So uh-huh. it was pretty exciting to work with those 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 villains. Now, you touched upon some of your favorite episodes um, during the interview, but do you have a, a number one favorite episode of all time? Well, it's a tie between um, the, the, two, the two-part uh, Robin's Reckoning. Yeah, awesome. And uh, as I mentioned before, the... Um, if you're so smart, why aren't you rich? Yeah, Which I talked about earlier because uh, I love the whole fact that uh, Robin solved the puzzle and uh-huh. it was a real interesting episode. But, you know, that, that, those are my favorite episodes as Robin. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my favorite episodes as Nightwing, I, I, could not, I could not name one, just one single one because I loved them all. And there, there weren't that many. I'm trying to remember. It's like, um, like 13 or 
something like yeah, that. Yeah, there wasn't that. It was at the end of the end of the run there. Yes. So you know, I, I will not choose a favorite child among them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the the show also went through different incarnations because you know, first it was Batman the animated series, mm-hmm. and that actually started without a Robin character at all. Even though I had been cast in the role of Robin, they decided they didn't want the Robin character in 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 the series because they were trying to really emulate what was going on with the movie franchise at the time, which was a very dark and yeah. uh, you know Batman was the loner, you know he was alone. But um, for whatever reason, and I'm not quite sure what the story is, I, I know that once the show started airing on Fox, there was a lot of um, uh, pressure or interest or something like that to to bring Robin back into the show. And so then it became The Adventures of Batman and Robin. The show was essentially the same show, but they changed the name. And um, and then at the end of The Adventures of Batman and Robin, they introduced a new young Robin and, and transitioned my character into Nightwing. And I, I, think, I think both of those, Batman the Animated Series and Adventures of Batman and Robin, I think was the most successful of, of all the Batman animated series. They did a lot of them afterward. Oh, yeah. But, but but that that one really had something very special. The the music, the oh, writing, yes. the, the look, the the look of the show, uh, the, the 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 cast. It had something very very special going for it. And I think that when people think of an animated Batman series, that's that's the one that they always think about and go back to. And it was a, you know an honor to be to be part of that. Yeah, and it, it had something for everybody. You can be a young kid, you can be a teenager or adult. It had something for everybody to enjoy. Well, at the time, uh, you know, the, the people who, who were writing fan mail uh, were guys in their late 20s and early 30s. Mm-hmm. That was that was our big audience, and it still is. Yeah. And, and now they're the ones who were kids, of course, when they were watching it, but now that they're in their 20s and 30s, they're still huge, huge fans of it. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm I'm friends with uh, Kyle Higgins, who's writing the new Nightwing uh, uh, comic books, and uh, he's a huge, huge fan of the show. And that's you know that's that's his age group, and all of his friends. I met them, uh, a lot of them at, at uh, WonderCon, and uh, they're they're all of that age group, and they're all still huge, huge fans of that show. Oh yeah, without a doubt, I am I'm I'm introducing it to my kids now, and they they like it too. So that's great. Keeps How old are your kids? Um, eight and five. Perfect. Yeah, maybe the five-year-old not so much, but yeah. the eight, eight-year-old probably is really into it. Oh, yeah, 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 without a doubt, yeah. Oh, you, you know, one other episode comes to mind, one of my favorite Robins one, it was the Scarecrow one where you're the, the football player. Oh, right. That's one of my the ones that come to mind when I think of Robin. Yeah, the Scarecrow, that was a great, yeah, that, that was, was a really episode. great villain. I want to say, it's wasn't it the first season? Or um, early on, at least. Well, they introduced the Scarecrow early on in the show, I wasn't in the first episode or two with the Scarecrow, yeah. but when they brought the Scarecrow back, uh, then I was in that episode. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, the this, this Scarecrow, that was uh, that was Henry Pollock. Boy, what a, what a great performance yeah, that was. Yeah, terrific. Amazing. Like like you, we both said, that the cast is probably one of the best I've seen. Maybe that and Transformers, the best cast in G.I. Joe. All great cast members. Amazing. Yeah, well, I, I, I can't speak for Transformers because I didn't do that one, but <laughs> nope. I can tell you G.I. Joe certainly, and, and certainly Defenders of the Earth, and certainly Batman, and, you know, all the shows I've been uh, had the pleasure of doing. 
Now, were you ever interested in doing Transformers? Because it seems like the majority of G.I. Joe cast members went on to do Transformers as well. Well, you know, uh, it, it, it's interesting. Um, a, a lot of people on the outside of the business think that we can kind of pick and choose what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it's kind of uh, picked and chosen for us uh, until until you get to a certain level where where you're you're, you're pretty famous. Mm-hmm. And I mean pretty famous, you know. Uh, you can turn down stuff and, and pursue certain things and say, I want to do this over that. But certainly at the time that those shows were going, um, I would I would get a call from my agent and my a- actually I would get a, a I would get paged by my agent. That's how we did it in those days. <laughs> I would have to find a phone, usually a pay phone, and call him back. And um, he would tell me, you have an audition for blah, blah, blah. And I would go in and I would read and I would either get the job or, or not get the job. And so, uh, the, you know, I, I, I could say things like, I would love to read for Transformers yeah. or I'd love to read for this or that. But but it, it just doesn't really happen that way until you're kind of a big star. Uh, a, a lot of these guys who, uh, and, and women too, of course, who did a lot of this work um, and would have three, four sessions a day, they, they actually could, you know, turn down work and choose one session over another, or very often they would work it out because they wanted them so badly. They would work it out so that they would do all the sessions, but they wouldn't necessarily have to be there. They would catch them on the fly on another day and put their voices in, you know, singly by themselves. So uh, they, they were in kind of a position to say, uh, you know, I, I, can't, I can't do more than five, six sessions a day, whatever it is at the time, when it was the golden age of animation. But for me, uh, and this is a long, long answer to your short question. Uh, for me, um, I, I went where I, I'm a I'm a journeyman actor. I'm, I'm a journeyman actor. That's what I do, and I go where the wind blows and wherever they'll hire me. And it's it's still pretty much the case. I mean, there there isn't there isn't very much that I turn down these days. And you've done a large handful of um, comic book roles. Is that because the wind blew that direction, or are you, are you just a fan in general? Uh, oh, that just blew in my direction. Um, and I would say once it started, you know, once I started booking that kind of stuff, my agent pushed me more in that area. Yeah. And more more and more casting directors became aware of me. And it's, it works that way for on-camera, too. You know, uh, once you you get to be known. I had, I had a period in my life where, where I played a lot of lawyers, a lot <laughs> of lawyers on TV. And I know it's, it's not because I have a law degree, because I don't, but it's because the casting directors would see me in other shows as a lawyer and say, oh, yeah, we can bring him in as a lawyer. Same thing with the animation. Uh-huh. Uh, they, they saw me uh, successfully in these series and said, well, we can bring him in. He can do that kind of voice. Uh-huh. What was the next step after Batman? Well, then I continued. Uh, once Batman ended, I continued working as a guest star on a lot of uh, series like um, uh, Extreme Ghostbusters okay. and... Um, Tweety and Sylvester. I had a really fun, really fun role in that one. Um, Men in Black. Um, you know, I, I, there's a whole whole list of them. Uh, and, and then, of course, we did the um, movie uh, Sub-Zero, which was a mm-hmm. thrill, where I got to reprise the role of Robin. How many years was it between the two of them, the animated series and Sub-Zero? I, I'm... I, I'm thinking it was like uh, two years, okay, maybe yeah. less than two years, I don't something remember. like that. Yeah. But then, uh, then uh, this strange thing happened was uh, after all of those years of doing uh, 
practically strictly voiceover. And, you know, in addition to, to all this animation, I was doing tons of, uh, of voiceover commercials for okay. both TV and for the radio, for, you know, different products. Uh-huh. And, uh, hundreds of hundreds of commercials. <laughs> but a- after after this, this period of time, this, this, this 10-year period of time, where I was doing strictly voiceover, suddenly I began working again in on-camera commercials and TV shows and films. And then that really took over. And so voiceover, which had been such a huge part of my life, was now a secondary part of my career. Uh-huh. And my career has really moved into the on-camera world, and that's what I'm doing today, is mostly guest appearances on TV shows, uh, feature films, um, web series, on-camera commercials, which I've always done. And so uh, that's that's where I am today, although I still continue to, to work in voiceover. I'm currently doing um, two different series where I have a recurring role. I have a recurring role in the Avengers animated series where I play uh, the Iron Fist, mm-hmm. yep. and I'm the, the first actor to ever um, voice that character. That was really a thrill to be able to do yeah. that. And then uh, in Batman, the Brave and the Bold, uh, I got to play Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern. Oh, nice. And uh, would have would have enjoyed doing the, the series of that, but uh, that, that didn't happen. I didn't get to audition for... for see, that's an example. You know, <laughs> you, you go where the wind blows. Here I had done uh, the Green Lantern, and uh, I didn't get a chance to audition for the, even audition for the Green Lantern or the game series. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about your on-camera. I know you're recurring on Hung, aren't you? Well, Hung is off the air now, unfortunately, but I did. It was on for three years, and I recurred all three years, and I had a great time doing that. Uh, I played the the next-door neighbor who had it in for uh, Thomas Jane, who was the main character. (laughs) And um, Thomas Jane, of course, was uh, sleeping with with the character's wife. I didn't know that in the show. (laughs) And they were actually going to reveal that in season four and have a big, big thing, but it didn't, uh, you know, HBO has a a policy They, they, they... want Sunday night to be their night, and if they had too many shows that were yeah. lined up on the tarmac, and they wanted to have a new show there, and even though it was doing well in the ratings, um, they they canceled it. That I did I did that for three years, while at the same time, you know, uh, appearing in a, in a just a lot of uh, TV shows like uh, Criminal Minds and The Closer and Castle and Flash Forward and Cold Case and. Uh, show that was uh, on uh, Undercovers, uh, Ringer, uh, I did Awake last year. So, so uh, you know, a lot of lot of guest star guest yeah. star roles on a lot of these TV shows. Yeah, I know I've seen you. I know I've seen you on Scrubs. I remember that yes. episode. Yeah. <laughs> Don't blink in that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a quickie. <laughs> and I know I've seen you with my kids. I believe it's Victorious. Yeah. Now I have. Um, also, another show that's coming out, uh, it's, it's not Nickelodeon, because Victoria's is on Nickelodeon, yeah. but on Disney Channel, I did an episode of Good Luck Charlie, which okay. I'm sure your kids love. Yeah, we do. We watch that. Yeah, my, <laughs> my kids love it. And uh-huh. so that that's coming out uh, next month, and I don't have an air date yet. Okay, nice. Well, that's that's going to be awesome. Are you, uh, just a, a bit part? or? A... No, no, no. I don't, I don't do bit parts anymore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I uh, have a really nice uh, guest star role. Um, uh, where I play uh, uh, a guy who thinks he's best friends with the, the, the father in the show. Okay. And the father, of course, can't wait to get rid of me because I'm really <laughs> annoying, which which 
harkens back to my very first uh, on-camera TV job, which is The Facts of Life, where I played a really obnoxious character opposite uh, Nancy McKeon. I did uh, eight episodes of that show. And she, she could not wait to get rid of me on the show, but I kept coming back thinking that she was in love with me. It was really a fun, <laughs> really fun kind of character. And here I get to play that same character, only, you know, it's years later. Well, maybe the writer the writers are trying to tell you something. That you're annoying. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I've been trying to get ready for 20 minutes now. I've, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, i got to go. <laughs> and and, the, uh, and uh, I guess your show is going to be on in time for this. Um, uh, August 8th uh, is, uh, I think, my favorite on-camera role ever is, is uh, going to be airing. It's a new series called Final Witness, which is on ABC uh, Wednesdays, and you have to check your local time. It's 10 o'clock here on the Pacific Coast. But it's a, uh, a interesting hybrid where they take documentary footage and then reenactments of these true crimes that happen. And uh, I play the uh, main character in it, the, the, the villain, the murderer, and it's based on a real person. And, uh, and and his story and the story of his wife and what happened, and it's told through uh, reenactments and through documentary footage. And uh, it's 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 the favorite role I ever had uh, on camera so far. I'm going to say so far, because uh, I got to go to St. Petersburg, Russia, to shoot uh, oh, nice. quite a bit of it. And Berkeley, they 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 want authenticity. It's produced by ABC News, so oh, they wow. want authenticity. So they go to the actual locations where these things took place. So um, that was that was a thrill to be able to go to, to Russia. What network did you say that was? It is is it on that's ABC. It's ABC. Yeah. Yeah, I got to check that out. Definitely, I like I like new series like that. I'm you know I'm kind of fed up with the the way TV is going nowadays with the reality and the the cop dramas and everything. So when a new series like that comes out, yeah, I'll check that out definitely. And I, I think you'll be impressed with uh, the way it's shot. Uh, the, the DP was fantastic. The director of photography was fantastic. So. Uh, it has a real interesting look to it and a real interesting mood. And, and the, the the hook of the show, which is very interesting and very cinematic, is that it's told from the point of view of the dead person. Okay. So they're the ones who narrate it. I think I have seen uh, some trailers for it. You you probably have. They've been pushing it. Yeah, but, okay. You know, it's like, it's like the beginning of Sunset Boulevard. Uh-huh. You know, the great movie Sunset Boulevard uh-huh. where William Holden is dead and he's narrating the... So it's a very cinematic way to, to do the show, and I think they did did a great job with it. The episode I haven't seen my episode, but the I've been watching the the other episodes, and it, it's been really terrific. Hmm. All right. So, what else have you have you been working on? Anything else coming up? Or you know, there's been this explosion because of um, because of, of digital. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been an explosion of indie movies because now it's it's so so much cheaper to shoot an indie movie because you don't have to use film. So I have a huge backlog of, of films, indie films that I've done over the last two years that uh, I'm waiting for some of them to be distributed, some of them to be finished, uh, some of them to... Um, some A couple of them are going right to DVD, so that those are coming out. But uh, I really had the pleasure of doing a, a, a variety of roles in all these different films, films that probably wouldn't have gotten made just you know, a short time ago yeah. because it was too expensive, but now they can do it uh, cheaply. And um, so I have a, a bunch of indie films coming out. And uh, one of them is called After the Wizard, which is uh, a sequel.
a girl in Kansas is convinced that uh, she's Dorothy, and I'm the uh, head of the orphanage where she lives, and I don't believe her. So there's a conflict between the two of us. And then uh, there's another really interesting film called uh, uh, Hit List uh, with Mark Lawrence, okay. where he plays a, a hitman who uh, his girlfriend she doesn't his girlfriend doesn't know he's a hitman, and she complains about people that she doesn't like to him, and he makes a list and he goes and he kills them for her. And <laughs> I play the the annoying. Um, I guess there is a there is a, a theme here. I play the annoying. <laughs> The annoying weatherman. And she just says, you know, kind of offhandedly, God, you know, I, I can't stand that guy. He really rubs me the wrong way. So I get on his list and he offs me. So <laughs> there's those. And then I just did a um, a uh, funny or die, a, a really funny, uh, funny or die political oh, nice. uh, short with uh, Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Okay. That's, uh, currently running. It's called Red, in which uh, Jesse Tyler Ferguson plays... Uh, a man who comes out of the closet for being a redhead. It's very, <laughs> very funny. And you, pro- and your 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 listeners have probably seen seen uh, a, a commercial that I did uh, that's been running like crazy for for two years now for Wells Fargo, where I play the father of three kids, and I take take them to. Uh, I, I, it starts off by my saying, "I my kids are all athletes." And turns out that they're actually on the chess club and they're in the band. Okay, yeah, I have seen that. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's been running like crazy. So I do. I still continue to do a lot of commercials, and those those been running. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's it's been a pleasure though talking with you. I'm a, I'm a big fan of your work. And well, thank you. It's been a pleasure fan. talking to you too. Yeah. Um. If you want to go, uh, you have Twitter. You want to plug or anything? Oh yeah, sure. Um, it's actor L L. That's easy to remember. Is my handle. And uh, is that what we're saying now? Is it my handle? I guess, yeah. I guess that's the proper way of saying (laughs) (laughs) it. Or people can uh, find me at uh, lauren at laurenlester.com. That's how they can reach me by email. And, of course, there's my website, uh, laurenlester.com, where they can not only see uh, clips of things that I've done recently, um, but also there's a, a news uh, feed that I have there of all the, the things that are coming up. There's quite a bit of things coming up, things that are premiering, things that I've just booked. And I also started a blog there. So they can oh, read the blog. Nice. And then there's laurenlester.tv, which is my YouTube channel, where they can see a lot of other stuff. All right, so I you don't... can see I'm really connected <laughs> in the social media world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't want to put you on the spot, but would you want to close the interview out as Robin? This is Dick Grayson, better known as Robin, or Nightwing, and you're listening to Saturday Morning Rewind with Tim Nidell. Keep listening.